literally this is childish. Like the idea that you have an ethnostate or a religious state, if you're committed to any type of broad-based social, economic equity and civil society, it doesn't work. No matter how justified, right? Of course there's justification because of Jewish history for Israel. There's justification for Kurdistan because of Kurdish reality. There's, there's justification for Pakistan. It's notable that Israel and Pakistan are both disasters. Israel not in the sense of, you know, look, if you're a European Jewish background, you have a nice life there. If you're not, you are, even inside 67 borders, not a fully equal citizen. And the situation in the West Bank is, I mean, it is literally Jim Crow-like. And Gaza is, I mean, it's, it's just an atrocity. So it's not a complex issue. That's the big thing. It's super simple. There's one group that has enormous power. It's the most powerful country in the Middle East. It's backed by the United States. It acts on another population of people with total impunity and is never held accountable for anything. So there's no symmetry in the relationship, period. And just as like a thought experiment, IDW people, if we know that if somehow a population of Jewish refugees ended up in West Bank in Gaza, and an Arabic government in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv had an open-air prison in, in what you know Jewish Gaza, which they bombed with white phosphorus, they killed civilians indiscriminately, and they had no uh, provisions for medicine. They had an embargo that blocked food, that the electricity wasn't running, that there was an over 48% unemployment rate, life expectancy and malnutrition statistics were horrifying. The, uh, one of the major uh, policy makers in this hypothetical Arabic-Palestinian state said, we need to put those Jews on a diet. In the West Bank, there was another Jewish area where there was a little bit more autonomy, but there was regular Arabic settlements where they pulled up the Jewish farmers' foods, they terrorized them with rocks, the security forces broke children's bones, and they couldn't drive their own roads. We'd all have no problem understanding what that was. So there's nothing complex about it. The second part of your question, it's, it's a pure asymmetry relationship. And the question is rights or not. So that's it, it's not complicated. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of From Right to Red. My name is Craig. My name is Paul. And uh, I think, Paul, we, we might owe our viewers a little bit of explanation, so I'm going to take the lead on this. Um, we are back, as you all uh, are listening to Realize right now. Um, we had a, a little bit of an extended hiatus 
and I just wanted to uh, first and foremost apologize. You know, we had a lot of things popping off, and it would have been great to uh, to get uh, some episodes out. But I want to uh, explain as well. So, what most people don't realize, uh, or or don't know about the, the the ones that are closest to me know, is that um, on October fifth, I actually landed in Tel Aviv for my birthright. <laughs> Um, those of you who aren't familiar, the, the birthright trip is, you know, uh, something that's extended to all Jews and they're allowed to go back or to go to Israel for a 10 day trip and, uh, and kind of understand Zionism, understand the Israeli state. And in a weird series of like Mr. Bean esque uh, happenstances, I found myself accidentally conscripted by the IDF. Um, and I, I had to spend a little bit of time over there. Luckily I wasn't in any type of, you know, dangerous position. Uh, I was part of the, um, the IDF cum sucking squad, which, uh, we were, we were responsible for, um, you know, if an IDF soldier goes down, we have about a two hour window where we can harvest their, uh, their sperm and make sure that it gets back to their, their family at home their wife um as soon as they go down craig goes down as soon as they go down and that explains really you'll you'll notice throughout the episode i've got a little bit of a raspiness going on i've got uh um you know a little bit of throat issues going on but you know i had to do my part and so my throat's well-being came second to come sucking for the idf so there it is now but now i'm back you know everything is figured out i'm back in the states ready to roll you know, it's not much, but it's honest work, you know? It's <laughs> so I was Someone's got to do it. I was hoping, Paul, that you didn't see any of this reporting. <laughs> Did you know that, like, the, the squad in the IDF that I just described is a legitimate squad no, in the no, IDF? No, don't. No. No. I wish I was joking, bro, and I, and I want everybody to no. go and Google it. There is a um, there is an, a, a, a portion of the IDF that is specifically designated to harvest semen from fallen IDF soldiers to make sure that the sperm gets back to their wife so that they can keep the bloodline going. Um, I wish I was joking. It's really bizarre. It's really strange. Um, but yeah, uh, Paul just you're, Googled it. You're, not, you're not lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy that over this past two since, months, you haven't seen that. Since the 7th. Semen samples of 39 men. <laughs> 39 brave warriors. And I'll kill the murdered have been extracted at the request of the family. Yeah. Who in their right mind is like that that's their first thought. Yeah. I've never heard of that in my whole life. Of uh, anyone being like, shit, he's dying. Oh, get his semen. <laughs> I didn't look deep into it, but like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it was a thing. I didn't even look deep into it. I don't know if any other, any other, um, military forces participate in this kind of insanity. Um, but yeah, there it is. It's real. So I missed all that. 39 dicks later, my throat is aching. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there it is. That's way better than my reason for not being on. So I mean, <laughs> I'm taking cover for us, bro. Um, yeah, I was, I was just, you know, like a hobbit, just 
smoking the best leaves I could find, hanging out, chilling, right. shoes <laughs> off. Uh, no, no, I mean, I don't know if we deserve or we owe a full, real explanation, but no. personal issues. Uh, yeah. You know, stuff happens, and we're back. We're back. And, and it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Because it's we be get, fun. We have so much to talk about now. It's never ending right now. Like There's we could a lot. go on, we could talk nonstop for 24 hours right now and not run out of material. Yeah, and people would love us for that. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> what people really want. If there's anything people want, it's that. It's 24 <laughs> hours straight, right? I do. So I know we, we were planning on clowning the whole time, being as funny as possible. I And I talked to there's, a lot of people about. There's one thing we do have to get to first, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. There, I talked to a, a lot of people about um, this type of episode that we're putting out, and I tried to like make the case that like there's enough serious media about this conflict out there right now. I think you know there's a lot of room for some not so serious media about this conflict, and that's you know uh, a gap that we want to kind of fill in there. And um, but I did want to, I did want to, um, like a lot of people said they just wanted to hear a summary of how we feel. Um, So I don't know if you're up for that. I have something that I just want to say about October 7th specifically that I think would kind of highlight my feeling about the conflict in general. And then if they want something more specific, we can go from that. And then maybe, you know, if you wanted to to alter or change something, you can add on to it at the end, if you'd like, whatever we, whatever we feel like. But um, so my thoughts on, October 7th um, are as follows, right? It uh, it definitely was a terror attack. Um, you know, there were innocent civilians that were caught up in something that no innocent civilian should ever have to deal with. And there's, there's never any like moral uh, righteousness in that. Um, but there is like understanding that can be found and, there are historical comparisons and, um, you know, and, and material realities that kind of take place that allow something like October, to 7th, October the 7th to happen and also uh, are inevitable. Like if, if there are certain conditions in place, something like October 7th just becomes inevitable. So whether it's justified or whether it's moral or whether it's condemnable or, or whatever – kind of takes second place to the fact that the, the the conditions were there for it to happen and nobody stopped it, you know, like, uh, kind of so, like, what did you expect to happen? Exactly. And I think you put them in that corner. Yes, exactly. And, and I think one of um, a, a good example that I, I, I've seen a lot of people bring up Nat Turner, including myself, the Nat Turner rebellion. I've seen people bring up um, uh, the Warsaw ghetto uprising I've seen people bring up uh, all kinds of other other things in the past, but there's one that I think I haven't seen that that comes with a quote that I think will sum me up a little bit, and that's the um, the French Revolution. Um, the French for those of you who don't know, the French Revolution. There was a period of the French Revolution early on called the Reign of Terror, and during the Reign of Terror, tens of thousands of people, uh, many of them innocent completely innocent uh but members of a different class were executed they were guillotines and there was a lot of death in a period of a couple of months 
reflecting on this, Mark Twain wrote a quote that I think really, really applies well, not only to the French Revolution and the Reign of Terror, but October 7th as well. So here goes. There were two reigns of terror, if we would but remember it and consider it. The one wrought murder in hot passion, the other in heartless cold blood. The one lasted mere months, the other had lasted a thousand years. The one inflicted death upon 10,000 persons, the other upon a hundred million. But our shudders are all for the horrors of the minor terror, the momentary terror, so to speak. Whereas what is the horror of swift death by the axe compared with lifelong death from hunger, cold, insult, cruelty, and heartbreak? What is swift death by lightning compared with death by slow fire at the stake? A city cemetery could contain the coffins filled by that brief terror, which we have all been so diligently taught to shiver at and to mourn over, but all of France could hardly contain the coffins filled by that older and real terror, that unspeakably bitter and awful terror which none of us has been taught to see in its vastness or pity as it deserves. And there's really no point in saying anything more, in my opinion. It, it is what it is, ultimately. Yeah. There we go. That was not at all where I thought you were going with that. I didn't think we were going to end up in Mark Twain. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to now read my favorite Mark Twain quote. Uh, it comes from a book called Huck Finn. Yeah, so, it's a page. We... <laughs> but, uh, I think you you do sum that up pretty well. And as anyone would have already heard our intro that we're putting before right. this episode, uh, that explains a lot of anything else you want to know about how I feel. Right. Because I with my family, with my background, I understand the want for living there, but I do not think anything justifies what's being done to innocent people on right. either side. Like it's never good. Oh yeah. We forgot to start out with, we condemn Hamas doing terrorist attacks. Bad. We shouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> We're moving I'll, condemn, I'll, con I'll condemn this back. <laughs> I guess. Like, I'll condemn the that attack uh, for the innocent people who died. But yes, on their I, behalf only, just like I would do for Nat Turner, just like I would do yeah. for the Warsaw Ghetto, yes. just like I would do for everybody else. Yes, yes, because it's it's just it, too many people right now assume that this all like came out of nowhere um, in October. All of a sudden, this started, and they're like, "Why would that happen?" It's like right. it didn't start on that day. This this has been going on for a while now. And yep. you know what else I don't like of, though? There's plenty of sources for anyone who does want to go back to nineteen forty eight. There's right. plenty of people who have talked about all of that. We don't right. need to get into the serious aspects of all of that. Right. But if you don't know, educate yourself. Like yeah, just I, learn about it. Find out about the Nakba. See what that is all about. Yeah. And just it's nothing justifies the evil that's been done even if yeah. there's a justified reason for you wanting to live there it doesn't mean you treat others the way you've treated them 
Right. So that's right. kind of where I fall really is yes. in that area of like, you can't just keep treating these people like they're not human and expect them to just roll over and take it. Like, yeah, these are human beings. They're most of them in Gaza were already refugees or descendants of refugees. Over like, 70%. They're, they're just humans trying to live still trying to not be wiped off the face of the planet. Like, yeah. so you, you don't love seeing innocent people, you know, be part of all of it. But I also understand that if you're living in that type of situation, you feel like you don't have many other options. So yeah. there's, there's plenty more serious talk that could be had about that, but uh, there's yeah. plenty of other places to get that. We, we won't, we won't <laughs> I want to laugh serious. at guns by MRI machines because, like, <laughs> metal and near MRI machines is yeah, totally let's, cool. Let's like, talk about I laugh uh, at shit. We're going to do wait. serious commentary on. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> we do have to mention, though, because yes. of how much we talked about it in the past. Uh, during our uh, time off just collecting cum, uh, <laughs> we got to see. Craig's got the sloppiest top you've ever seen, in case you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how I ended up there. <laughs> he he should go pro. Um, they, call, they called in the special forces. But, but our brothers uh, and sisters in the UAW did some amazing work and closed out their strike while we were off. And I love to see them get what they deserve. Not, oh, they won or they beat the other side. No, they just got what they deserve to have. And I love to see that. I am so happy for them. And I imagine there's going to be a huge uptick in morale in all of their plants and people will be happier. They'll have better workers. They'll be more productive because they're happy they're getting paid what they are owed. And I can uh, attest to that firsthand. I've got um, some family that are uh, UAW members over the holidays. We had, you know, the conversations about the strike and I asked them directly about their wage increases. And the the person that I spoke to had a um, a $21 an hour wage beforehand uh, on the line. And now their wage is bumped up to $35 an hour and it will be increasing with cost of living every single year for the next four years. For It'll be increasing. Uh, I thought they yeah. got seven. It, it's uh, four and a half because it ends uh, okay. the contract, which Sean Fain beautifully, masterfully ended. He put the end date for the contract right at oh. May Day of 2028. So it'll be... Um, Labor Day, May Day, actual the actual Labor Day, the May Day, Labor Day. <laughs> which also look twenty twenty eight election year, May of election year. Oh, it's gonna beautiful! Be, it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, so uh, amazing foresight there. Uh, but yes, morale is way up for these UAW workers. Um, the ones that that I've spoken to face to face, they are um, loving it. Obviously, their um, their lives are materially improved by that, and. Most importantly, these companies are not going to go bankrupt. You know, like like we were right when when we first had these conversations. If you go back and listen to our older episodes, we talked about the UAW strikes. All of these companies were saying, we literally cannot give into their demands because <laughs> if we do, the entire company 
is is unable to sustain itself and it will go bankrupt. And uh, yet here we are. Yep. They got their uh, their contract and they got basically everything that they wanted. And uh, no, trust me, nobody's going bankrupt. Look at the next quarterly earnings; they're going to be out, out of the you know, yeah way up. So, and I've uh, I've heard I've heard uh, talk from the other side as well. Uh, people, the type of people who think Sean Fain is crazy, but I'm like, he handled that better than we have seen a union leader uh, in a while. I feel like as far as his his speaking when he was in front of a camera or like when they said that about, oh, we can't afford it. And he gave actual numbers of here's how much labor yeah. goes into the cost of a vehicle. Yep. Like he had things ready. He had good speaking points. And I think that as much as people who aren't at that level and who are up higher, like middle management or management might not love how that all went i hope in time they see how it benefits everyone in the long run unless you're you know the one percent <laughs> like yeah but like yeah. in the end if you the people under you even if you're middle management if their wages are going up chances are yours will too so yep. Yep. don't i saw a lot of anger from that uh, from people in that area or they were like this is my first supervisor position getting one up from that low level and i'm stuck in between management and the yeah. people picketing and i'm like yeah well that's gonna be a call for you to make inside like mm -hmm. which side do you want to be on who are which you gonna support are you, <laughs> you know and we all think still i mean hot take I mean, not for you, but maybe for yeah. some people, middle class is honestly like not really a real thing. It's, it's kind of just to make us fabrication. Think, like yeah. we can do that, but just so that then you feel like you're better than someone. Yeah. But really it's, it's, it's that 99 verse one. Like, come yeah. on guys. Like, unless there you're... are only two classes yeah. in the world. <laughs> well, there's some subclasses if you get deep into Marx, there's only two classes. Oh. Yeah, there's there some is there is the <laughs> proletariat, the working class, and there are the bourgeoisie, you know, capital, and that's it. So there are the people starts... who produce and people yes. who do not. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, and yeah. the middle class lie has been going way too long in this country. <laughs> so give it up for uh, UAW. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, yes, yes. It did amazingly well. Uh, I know it was very, very difficult in that time uh, for strike, but nothing worth doing is ever easy. And that was very much worth doing. So I hope, I hope oh, everybody boy. listening right now has been following closely the uh, Israel-Palestine, the latest Israel-Palestine conflict, because that's all we plan on doing right now is kind of clowning about the current conflict. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about, at least I wanted to get your take if possible on the Al Shifa hospital, which was like the first um, hospital bombing that was, that got widespread media attention where um, it had killed or injured nearly 500 people in um, the Al Shifa hospital complex in Palestine you followed it pretty closely. Where's your, what's your take? Was it was it a, a PIJ? Where do you want, where do you want me to... rocket? 
Was it from oh, Israel? Oh, you're talking back then. You're talking yeah, I'm that. talking first hospital. We're not talking yeah. what just happened there? No. Oh, because oh, I got I, Did I say takes. Al-Shifa? I, I'm talking Al-Ali Hospital. Or, oh, Al-Ali okay. Hospital was the first because Al-Shifa, oh, we'll get into. I, that's the yeah, calendar. Because I got one. some oh, I got some hot takes on that one. <laughs> I, I just want to give an update on it because I've been following it pretty closely. And maybe we won't even clown on it. But it, for those of you that don't remember, there was a hospital bombing that happened late in October. I think it was October 17th. And claimed, the one that they uh, claimed was a misfire from they Hamas, claimed it was a right? misfire from Hamas and um, Reuters now, as well as uh, uh, Channel 4, Channel 4 News, and uh, um, at least one other, Al Jazeera, but nobody will trust Al Jazeera because it has Al in the beginning yeah, of it. Yeah, because that's automatically scary automatically, now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. Um, <laughs> you can't trust the Browns. Those two um, letters are just terrifying when you put them together, man. Right. A by itself is like fine. Algebra. L by itself is fine. You put them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very scary stuff. Um, but they have all kind of claimed now that the video of the supposed misfire and explosion in the sky, um, the trajectory was from Israel itself. Um, my take on the Al-Ali hospital bombing is like, it's it's like um, Israel called to tell them multiple times before the bombing, you need to evacuate. We're going to bomb you. Yep. The doctor said they said they would. Right. The doctor said we cannot like we take an oath. We're here for our patients. There are patients here that are unable to go anywhere and we will not leave them to die. Um, and so Israel uh, responded by bombing the hospital first this is now this is confirmed they bombed it with uh what they they call their um their roof knock which yeah. is where they throw they shoot a uh, a bomb through the the cardiac ward that's like so non-explosive i know <laughs> and it, it bombed so they they bombed them that way to warn them hey we are going to bomb you and then the very next day the hospital's bombed and suddenly everybody is like who could have done this? Yeah. Who could have done this? <laughs> Who would have ever done it? Maybe the people that just said they were going to do it. Right. And then they released this audio. Like, immediately, Israel releases... Well, first of all, actually, immediately, they had some of their highest, um, you know, their highest uh, former government officials on Twitter taking credit for bombing the hospital. Mm-hmm. Say, straight up saying, like, yes, we did it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then the death toll starts coming out. And I think Israel's intelligence didn't really, didn't realize that there were like a thousand people in the parking lot that were there for shelter because they were, you know, internally dislocated. They, they didn't have a place to go. So they were like, well, you know, where would be the safest place, a school or a hospital? Uh, you know, not realizing that, Israel doesn't care about that. <laughs> or not um, remembering the white phosphorus on a school like right. 15 years ago. But yeah. <laughs> so then the death toll starts coming out and and people realize like, wow, this is this is an atrocity. Like hundreds of people are dead. And uh and so they immediately backpedal. Those tweets get deleted. They release this audio that was supposedly two um Palestinian Islamic jihad fighters talking with each other saying like, oh, they're, they're saying it was from us. Oh, yeah, it was from the cemetery behind the hospital, yada, 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 all this stuff. Uh, and then Arabic speakers 
listen to that audio, especially uh, speakers that are very familiar with Gaza and the slang that happens in Gaza, and they were like, "This is obviously fake. Yep. This is so obviously fake. They're not. They're not speaking how people in Gaza speak. They're not. They're using words like Palestinian Islamic Jihad, like when they talk about yeah, like which they, they don't call. Like, just so talk. you're aware, they don't call them Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Gaza. They call them." <laughs> the the reds or the blacks based on like the headband that they wear like yeah. you know, they have the like, slang for them and that they kind of stuff they not call them by their full name like that. no especially <laughs> because like these are the most surveilled people on earth like they these people are the most paranoid surveilled people on earth so there's no way that they would be like it, it it's the equivalent of like of like you getting on the phone and and uh and being like hey i'm trying to hire a hitman like calling an operator and being like i'm trying to hire a hitman to kill my boss <laughs> <laughs> like you're not gonna do that because you're not stupid and these people are not yeah. either so so al ali hospital my take obviously israel if you disagree with yep. me that's fine you're wrong um <laughs> that's no definitely what i think and i i don't think that hamas would have enough firepower to like have an explosion that large at that time. And if they right. do, they're not using it on that on like one, like a one misfire. And they're like, Oh, well there goes our one big one. Like right. they, they don't have the weapons supply that everyone claims they do. Yeah. Like they obviously have weapons. We know that, but they don't have to the extent that they no. claim they have no and they especially are not putting ak-47s that are nice and dusty into these brand new clean black bags that even after the place was bombed had no dust on them that's so funny like like we know they have weapons we know they have guns we know they have rocket launchers but like do they have giant missiles like that if they yeah. do it's not like they're using them willy nilly. They have a bunch. Like right. they're using them strategically, and they only have so much. So yep. that but, one, uh, that one, I believe. To uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name who was on Majority Report and Leftist Mafia. Uh, Matt Left Reckoning. Matt Matt uh, or, Leck. Yeah, but I believe he on one of those one of his podcast pages or something they yeah. have like some of those screenshots of the tweets that have been taken down of them taking credit and then yeah. they took them down right away i'm yep. pretty sure they that's where i saw the like they actually had screenshots of people saved that yep if yep. anyone yeah. actually wants to look that stuff up and, and i like honestly, we said we're goofing off a little bit yeah. so like please if any of this sparks your like curiosity, curiosity go look go into it, it. there's yep. places to look into it. it might if you just straight google search and your algorithm isn't ready for it don't do it it might take some digging but yeah <laughs> email us even if yeah. you if, if you if uh yeah. if you hear us say something we uh you uh you don't agree with or, or want some extra info on Send an Get email. I think you got an email sent up uh, um, from right to red at gmail.com. I think it is. If not, we'll put it in the, the description. Yeah. Um, or you can always, like, uh, depending on what you're using to listen, you can, I think Spotify for sure has like the QA or yeah. like you can just yeah, send a message. There, whatever like, you want. Feel free because we know that sometimes you don't want 
someone to go over in depth on something you're not interested in, but sometimes yeah. you do. Like we'll take corrections so, too. If I say something yeah, wrong, or, I'll yeah, put a retraction out. Clearly wrong. I would rather know I was wrong and be able to move on knowing the right answer right. than to just be that idiot who keeps being wrong. Like I will say though that um, <laughs> that Matlack, um, his uh, his evidence about the Al Shifa or I'm sorry the Al Ali hospital bombing that's more compelling to me than like the ballistic stuff because the problem with the ballistic stuff that we have in any conflict is that you have these open source quote unquote open source intelligence guys on Twitter and you have all these people that like jerk off to combat footage that like want to want to be like, let's talk about the trajectories and let's talk about the, you know, the, uh, this is a 5,000 pound JDAM, blah, 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 like whatever. And, and you'll just get lost in the sauce, dude, because it's technical. It's, it's, um, and it's very easily, manipulated by our military industrial complex you know um i guarantee you 90 percent of those quote-unquote open source intelligence guys on twitter are getting a nice fat paycheck from the national security establishment in our country in some form or fashion oh yeah so to me like the, the evidence of and i know it's it's what they call um circumstantial evidence but circumstantial evidence is allowed in court you know it gets a bad rap but it's allowed. It's it's the basis of most cases in court, and, and the circumstantial, takes, and usually that is like listened to more than like yeah. eyewitness, even which is horrible because yeah. people horrible accuracy. people's memories suck, even if they think they remember. Yeah, <laughs> and the circumstantial evidence in this case points entirely to Israel. Like I said, they called and said we're going to bomb you. They bombed them, and then they bombed them again after the warning bomb. You know, it's like, that's the chain of events. That's just what, and then they take credit for it. And then they see the death toll yep. and then they retract. And then they put out fake evidence saying it's not them, which was clearly fake. Like, it's just, I'm sorry. You don't create fake evidence unless you did something wrong. Like, there's just no yep. reason to do that. You would just say, go ahead, investigate to your heart's content. Like, yep. if you were innocent about it, it's just whatever. So there you go. And it sucks. And I'm at a point where since we have confirmation of the first bombing, yeah. even if that one missile was a misfire from Hamas, doesn't what, that doesn't excuse all the other bombings they did exactly. at the hospital or the, yeah. the roof knocking as like yeah. everything they do, they, they have a way to say it that makes it yep. sound less bad. Just like the mowing the lawn. Like mm -hmm. mowing the lawn sounds like a casual Sunday afternoon, but Come mowing here, the, lawn mow the lawn, yeah, but yeah. mowing the lawn there is a very different thing. And if you don't know, essentially, that's just been over the years a casual term for when Israel decides, you know what, we should just go in and fuck some people up, take some out. There's too yep. many. Uh, just mow the lawn a bit, you know, get rid of a few. Like, and, and I, it's that casual to them, like yeah. a human life being gone. They're just like, yeah, just mowing the lawn Sunday afternoon. 
I think I think Norman uh, Finkelstein on uh, one of his many interviews. If you if you guys don't know Norman Finkelstein, just do a YouTube search for Norman Finkelstein. And he'll talk really fast for you, (laughs) and it won't be hard to listen to him now that he's old. But I will I will that actually wasn't that bad. I kind of that wasn't bad. But yeah. uh, I will say he knows probably more about the situation than any living human on the planet right now. 100%. 100%. Because he's he dedicated, what, three decades of his life? Four now. Or four decades of his life yeah. to just this topic. So if there's I, anyone to at least, like, hear out, even if you don't agree with him 100%, if there's anyone to at least hear out about the situation, it's him. Like, yep. he's studied it for a living for 40 years. My first correspondence with Norman Finkelstein was in 2005. I emailed him. Wait, because correspondence. I, you have spoken. Oh, yes. With, oh, oh, yes. Oh. So my first correspondence well, with Norman down, Finkelstein. I am collecting your semen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first correspondence with him, it was in 2005. And, and I had just watched some video. I can't even remember what it was. Some video about him. I don't think it was American Radical because I don't think it was out at that point, but I'd watched some video of, of a debate of his and I, and I wasn't knowledgeable at all about Israel and the occupied territories. So I watched his video and it was like, what, what, like what this, this is going on. And I, and I like, I don't know anything about it. And I had like a, uh, a real nice back and forth with him email exchange. I found his email just you know, like, I don't know if it's still publicly available, but He's in my contacts now. Um, but at the time, you could go to um, just go to his website and his email is right there. So I was like, ah, I'm just going to email him and see what happens. Um, so I emailed him. We went back and forth a little bit. I had questions and he was like so open to answer them for me. Um, I asked about when he was going to be next in a for a talk. And he put me in contact with um, somebody who was setting up some talk at way back did you, and did you go see him i went and saw him we spoke we talked we exchanged oh uh, phone God. numbers what i found interesting about um or what i what i found sad about this whole thing was i saw an interview and i haven't i haven't emailed him or corresponded with him in a in a long time it's been many many years but he um was on an interview i can't remember which one it was after october 7th and he was talking about how he had given up on gaza oh i saw that and oh, it was so it sad because he he like he literally was like I've dedicated forty years of my life to this, and two years ago I had given <sighs> up. And uh, when I saw that interview, the very next morning I emailed him again. He hasn't responded. I don't know if his emails changed or whatever, but I just had to reach out to him and be like, Norman, we've spoken, you know, over the years. I don't know if you remember me, um, but honestly, like his conversations with me in two thousand five are what shaped a lot of my political future in a lot of ways you know he was definitely there when i was first kind of like moving through that pipeline so i wanted to like reassure him that like even if he feels like his life's work which is gaza his his life's work is palestine even if he feels like that's a failure he needs to understand that there are thousands of people like me who have seen his work yeah who have corresponded with him and it has made them who they are today in a lot of ways. And it has shaped a better future for hopefully for some type of freedom for Palestine. And 
I think I see that in this conflict more than I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've followed Israel-Palestine since 2005 very, very, very closely. And I've never seen this. Before October 7th, I had never in my life heard somebody say the words al-Nakba ever, like out loud to me in person. You know, besides the usual suspects, you know, you go to a talk about Israel-Palestine, obviously, if you're that deep in it, somebody's going to say it. But a normal person, you know, a, 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 normal, <laughs> a, a normal human being that is, you know, so online. Um, and now almost everybody knows what the Nakba is, yeah. Al-Nakba is, you know. And um, I mean, that I, is, I, it gives I, me so much hope. Like, uh, just for me to be transparent for a minute yeah i have known bits and pieces about the situation like i would say what i knew most about was when there was shit going down with syria uh that and lebanon because i remember the only reason i knew about lebanon was just someone i went to school with uh i mean i don't know how handy you want to be with the bleep button uh he but like he was Lebanese. And Say it. I asked, <laughs> but like I asked, uh, like about it, and just I didn't. That was all I knew was like a little bit of like, oh, some bad stuffs happening. A lot of people are seeking refuge in other places. Yeah. Uh, he just here's the part you might want to bleep the name, but like he his uncle was, and he made sure everyone knew that. And he was the reason I met that man. And, you know, I love authors. I don't like having heroes, but instead I like having people that I would love to have conversations with. And he was one of them. Yeah. Uh, and oh, speaking he, of Lebanon, real quick. He was great. To Hezbollah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so I knew like these bits and pieces of things that have happened nearby because of Israel. Like, especially the Syria one was the one I knew about um, when Israel just decided, like, yeah, fuck it, let's bomb them, too. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, there which was is, more which to Which is it. happening right now, too, there's, by the way. There's more to it than that, than well, them just Israel, saying, ah, fuck it, let's bomb right, them. But, but like, that literally just struck Syria yeah, yesterday. <laughs> essentially, so. that's the idea. And then yesterday, yes, we saw that. So, like, I knew those bits and pieces. I knew that. I knew the history of Israel because of my upbringing and I literally at one point in my life probably could have named the Kings and when it split and Mm -hmm. in two States in like 500 AD, like at some point I knew about that history, but I didn't know about, I guess really from 48 until now what's really been happening. Like I knew those couple conflicts that happened on the side but I didn't really understand, like, I, with my American upbringing as well, it was like, it's always portrayed as there's these two countries that are together. Yeah. It's a, the two-state solution is something I heard a lot. Uh, but I didn't really understand it deeply. And good old Norman is a big part of why I understand it to the way I do now. Yeah. Uh, I've watched him do multiple debates that were hours long now like mm-hmm. i've probably in the last month and a half it's been, almost been two months since yeah. october 7th 
holy shit. Uh-huh. Uh, but in that time span, I probably listened to at least 20 hours of this man talking. Uh, I especially liked uh, Brace Belden speaking with him very recently, uh, yep. which maybe if you listen to that as well, maybe his assistant who's doing all of his stuff for him now saw your message and will pass it on to him. <laughs> like, yeah, hopefully. But uh, he's another one on that list now of like, I don't love having heroes because of freaking Chomsky. <laughs> you know what i mean like to have someone built up and then yeah you know so i try to look at it as like i don't have to lose everything else he did yeah i just disagree with him on this so it doesn't mean he's my hero it just means he's someone i would love to talk to and learn more from but there's also going to be times i disagree there's imperfect allies yeah. everywhere yeah but like finkelstein man he knows the topic but he does a good job of calmly explaining things rationally to you and i see a lot of people in these interviews doing things that like i don't know if it's i think you and i both did like debate and stuff in high school i don't Mm -hmm. know if you did model un as well i did not do model un oh you're not nerdy enough Uh, so but like oh man nothing about any of that stuff that they do with the reactionary I'm mad and you're crazy. None of that is beneficial to the situation. And as bad as our school system is, they even taught us that. Like, you need to respect each other. You have your own time to speak. And you have discourse. You discuss your ideas. You explain yourself when the other doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. But so many people debating Norman have just gone instantly to rage. Yeah, And it's like, that to me just screams that they're out of answers other than you're starting to prove me wrong. I'm mad. Right. Like, but he explained so much to me that like, like I even said in the beginning, even if there is just cause for them wanting to live there as well, I understand Israel is like in the Jewish history prominently, but to go about it in the way they have is disgusting. To do the right. evil they've done is disgusting. Yep. And I just can't agree with that part as much as obviously we all make Jew jokes, but like they should have somewhere they can live without being persecuted. But right. that doesn't mean they have to persecute someone else to have it. Yeah. Like, like there's other like ways Ma- we could do it. <laughs> right. Like Michael Brooks said in the intro that we have here of course, there's justification for Israel because of Jewish history. Yeah. Right. Like there's justification for a million things and absolutely Jewish people have gone through unbelievable amounts of trauma that nobody could ever comprehend or understand. Absolutely. Granted, dock it, boom, on the record. That does not ever excuse creation of an ethno state of an apartheid system of, uh, of a of racist literal... state. <laughs> That's, right. it, apartheid essentially means it's a racist state. It's yeah, built of, around of, one race. There's <laughs> literally places in Israel where you are stopped like Hebron. If, if you're in Hebron in, in, uh, which I guess was technically like West bank. So, but still, yeah, you're, you're you, there's spots in Israel. Let me just be more clear. There are places in Israel where you will be stopped 
walking down the street and questioned about what religion you are. Mm -hmm. And if you answer Jewish, you can go down one side of the street. And if you answer Muslim, you can go down another side of the street. And while the conflict itself is not based in pure religion at all, the expressions of how it, how the oppression, you know, kind of bubbles to the surface, they, they turn up in those ways. The same way that like during Jim Crow era in, in the South, um, you know, it, it wasn't explicitly about like, were you a former slave Right, which is really what they were trying to do, which was like keep that slave class under class, right? It wasn't explicitly about that, but it was about whether or not you were black, which was close enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the kind of thing, you know? So you, you just can't have a, it's just impossible to have any type of real equality, democracy, social justice, economic justice in an apartheid system. It's just, it's just the way it is. And no matter what justification there is for Israel as a a homeland and a safe uh, place for Jews around the world, no matter what justification their history provides for that, it does not allow you to create that type of state. It just doesn't. No, it's not, it's not, it's not right. So, um, I don't know if you just saw my face Mm -hmm. connect dots. I don't know why I haven't thought of it this way. And I'm sure I'm not the first to think of it this way. But you bringing up Jim Jim Crow, bringing up America. I'm wondering if that we know, I don't know if you've seen the, how age really affects how people in America view this right now. Like, there's a huge divide in who supports which side. And I'm almost wondering if it's still that, that idea of, manifest destiny so yeah that whole idea of like how oh, it's so instilled and still in those generations of like this is our country despite the fact that there's still reservations with plenty of native people <laughs> living on it like yeah. it's still that idea of like no matter what they have a justification for why this is now white people's land mm-hmm. uh, and i'm wondering if that how much that mirrors what's happening there is why it's so easy for that generation to stand by it of like, well, you know, it's cause that was manifest destiny of God literally wants us to have this. Like yeah. we are meant to colonize the world mm-hmm. is what they thought. So it mirrors that so much of like, God wants us here. <laughs> like yeah. we are meant to take this land and be here. I don't know if maybe that's just my brain doing a weird connection or no, if maybe no, no. that's why it resonates your brain because is that is a big, the big gap of like my generation and younger doesn't love the idea of manifest destiny. Yeah. That generation still thinks that way of like, right. we're the greatest country and we deserve this. <laughs> what your mind is connecting is, uh, is the, um, settler colonial projects you know and there's been settler colonial projects over time the united states is one of them israel is another um apartheid south africa 
is another. British India is another. British East Africa is another. And I just had this yeah. conversation the other day with someone, uh, and I was talking about um, how, um, you know, the 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 real point of tension in this entire conflict it doesn't come down to religion. It comes to settler colonialism. And if and, and religion is just a intersection that changes the like output, you know, like and you you would call it you know whatever the the output and that 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 works enough for me. The the religion changes what the output of settler colonialism as the input does. But if you change, like if you change the religion or you change the ethnicity or you change the geography, but you keep the settler colonialism, what you end up with is something akin to apartheid South Africa, British East Africa, the United States, you know, like those little things like religion. And a lot of people have this stuck in their head that like, this is a religious conflict when you just tweak them slightly, those little variables, you end up still with an oppressed underclass that leads to violent resistance. And it just expresses itself differently. So in Palestine, Hmm. because there's that religious intersection between Judaism and Islam, what you end up with is radical fundamentalist Islamist extremists that are leading the the um the resistance but if you tweak the religion to judaism and or or if you tweak pull the religion out and say uh we're going to do ethnicity we're going to do uh judaism or or jews as an ethnicity and uh germans or aryans as an ethnicity then you end up with something that looks like the people that were in the Warsaw ghetto uprising, or if you tweak it to black and white, you end up with something like uh, apartheid uh, America in the South. Or if you tweak it to Indian and uh, white, then you end up with something that looks like the United States project. Like those little intersectional pieces, you can always tweak. The root is the settler colonial project. So everybody that says like, what's the solution? You, if you're still asking that question, you you're, you got to figure this out. You got to understand this. The solution is removing apartheid, removing the settler colonial project, creating equal democratic rights for everybody, no matter what their ethnicity, their religion, their background, their family. Like once you get there, then it doesn't matter what religion their people are. It doesn't matter what ethnicity the people are. There won't be violent resistance. There won't be these kinds of things. And to, to really put a pin on that even further, if you look at like before 1900 ish Palestine, you'll see lots of primary sources that show um, Arab uh, Muslims, uh, Arab Jews living, cohabitating together beautifully. There was no terrorism. There was no um, uh, uh, fighting amongst themselves. I'm sure there was tension, you know, because of different religious religions and ethnicities. That exists everywhere. But it wasn't what we're seeing right now, which is insane, you know? Yeah. And and that's what it comes down to is that all these little intersectional pieces are important. 
to understand the character of what we're seeing right now, but they're not what describes the actual substance of what's happening right now. That is dominated by settler colonialism. Boom, period. I I'm love sorry. getting you on those rants. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, I just talked for way too long. I said I, I said I love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> because also, do you remember when I said before we do anything on this, it was literally October the 8th, maybe, and I was like, give me more sources than what I already have to learn more about what's been going yeah. on. And the first response I had to you, do you remember what my very I first don't. thing I said after looking into it for like a whole day, I remember I spent an entire day off that I had just digging hours and hours of digging. Like sometimes when you're feeling it, you just get lost. And yeah. I remember texting you and just saying, well, it seems less religious and more about settler colonialism. Do you yes. not? Do you remember that text? I remember when now. I said yes. that, and yep. I was, I was like, this because it's not about religion. When you look into no. who started Zionism, even uh, right. wasn't yeah. even Theodore Herschel was a, he was uh, an atheist. And <laughs> honestly, like we, I think we've touched on religion before. Of like, I. I am for it if it makes you a better person, if it makes you happy, if you feel whole, like, then go for it. Like, being right. religious is for you. Like, but I don't think it, you can ever use a God to justify murder of other people. Like, then you got the wrong God, if that's what they're calling for, is like, ah, just right. wipe all these people out. And Like, it's clearly not based off of a Jewish God and the the jewish text like it's not based off of that no they use some lines about how you know they're bringing the messiah this and that mm -hmm. but like in the end nowhere in there does it say and then god said if anyone else is living there two thousand <laughs> years from now you know go ahead and just kill them all kill like, their kids <laughs> kill, kill their kill their kids <laughs> and then put them in an open air prison and then randomly show up and pull their crops out of the dirt, uh, yeah. break the kids bones, you know, just to rough them up a little, make sure they know like yeah. your God is the one that put you here. Like right. no God would say that. Like I don't like any religious text I've read. I have read a terrible English translation of the Quran. I've read, a lot of the Torah and I have literally read the old and new Testament front and back twice yeah. because of private school. Thank Religious you very much. Yeah. Uh, but then there are also verses here and there. Like I believe it's in Luke where Jesus even says like those people who denied me, bring them in front of me and slaughter them here. Yeah. Like, so there is a bit of it, <laughs> but for the uh, most part, I don't think anyone's benevolent God or whatever would be like, you know what? Yeah. Ethnic cleansing, do it up. Like, do it up, dude. It doesn't sound reasonable to me at all to even put a God behind that. Like, how, I, even if that's not my religion, like how horrible of you to try to justify that with their God, like yeah. God wants us to do this. Even if God wants you there, he doesn't want you killing everyone else's there. Like, right. That and then the people will ultimately say, me. like, people will say, like, well, well, what about Hamas and what about uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad? Like, who created Hamas? Yeah, who put yeah. Hamas into power when Hamas right. didn't want to run for the election? Who told Hamas right. they should and then funded them and trained right. them and gave them right. their weapons? Hmm. 
Hmm. Anyway, sorry. That was, sorry. That, <laughs> right. It's um, the 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 bottom line is the only reason Hamas has any power is because they are um, the only ones willing to resist, and that to a Palestinian, whether it's a Palestinian, and there are there are uh, Armenian Palestinians that live in the West Bank that are Christian, there are Palestinian Christians that live in Gaza. To a Palestinian, they see somebody willing to fight and die for them. They don't care about the rest of it. So oh, yeah. if, if, the, if your ultimate end goal is how do we get rid of Hamas? How do we get rid of PIJ? How do we get rid of uh, you know, the, the Al-Qasam brigades? The answer is simple. If you, the way to remove their power is to remove the occupation. Like that's the only thing. Like there's no, there's no Palestinian Christians that will be behind Hamas if they are given full equal democratic rights in what is now known as Israel and the occupied Palestine uh, occupied Palestinian half, territories. You half know? or I think sixty percent of Israel doesn't even stand behind Netanyahu. Like right. very, and they haven't for a long time. It's not like just since this, they're like, you know what? I don't like what he's doing. There's been a lot of their population has not liked them for a long time. Very long like, time. They, they do not love that man. And no. he's a psychopath. I get why. Before we get into the next hospital, though. Al-Shifa. Can we yeah. do a, a humanitarian pause? Pause for drinks. Yes. <laughs> can we do a I, humanitarian totally about that. pause? Yes. <laughs> Look here. Yeah. Look here. We found oh. in the cupboard cans of soup. Inside cans of soup? Hamas fighter. All right. Uh, yeah, let's let's right. uh with that being said, let's move <laughs> yeah, on to the uh the, I want I'm gonna have it cut in right on that. We're uh we're gonna talk about the Al Shifa hospital siege, which um siege. <laughs> what a word. It's a it was on a bunch of dockers. Dude, seriously. <laughs> like what a siege. Yeah. So much funny shit. Didn't see it coming. If all, if anybody <laughs> listening to this, if you haven't gone and watched like the walkthrough videos from the IDF after they quote unquote captured Al Shifa, definitely go watch it. Otherwise, you're not going to understand anything we're talking about. But wait, um, before we laugh at the funny parts of that video, can we just? It? Can I also just say? Uh, there are sad parts too among the laughs, where in the background you see actual doctors trying to help actual ICU patients in the background of them just being like, look at this stuff we found in the hospital. Yeah. And, they're and they're like, like trying to pushing stretchers covered yeah, in like, fucking dust. So, from the bombings. so like, yes, we're laughing at the silliness of <laughs> this video. Like, and maybe we'll even find a good clip of the video to link for people to watch it. Yeah. Because, maybe I'll insert some of it. Yeah. We'll yeah see. Cause really, I, I mean, we're, we're watching them do a walkthrough of this quote unquote hideout or no, they, it wasn't a hideout. They call main, it a hideout now. They call that it hideout was now. The main, it was the main which, Hamas headquarters, according to the also, IDF. I'm sure Craig knows this, but I imagine a lot of others don't. Definitely they talk not. a lot about, they talk a lot about these tunnels underneath. The Hamas, you, the Hamas do you, tunnels. Do you know who built the Hamas tunnels? Of course. They were you built. know, right? Of course. You know. 
Okay, because built- I imagine the average listener listener won't, because I just found this out like a week ago. Yep. Who built those tunnels? How do they know for sure that there's tunnels under there? Because motherfucking Israel did it themselves. They built that shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this destroys their argument in so many ways. They built those tunnels decades ago when they were occupying <laughs> Gaza, and yeah. they were using them as a military Fuck. operational outpost. Yeah. So what does that so tell you? What does that there- tell you? It was their military outpost, so now just because it was theirs 20 years ago, they're like, oh, they must be using it as their fucking central headquarters now. Not only that, but like, but like, all right, what is the justification? What is the justification that Israel gives to, and and to be clear, I want to be very clear at this point, up to this point in the war, Israel has, um, has attacked over 27 different medical facilities and i'm including like 11 ambulances in there because when you're in that gaza a medical facility in gaza when you're in <laughs> gaza yeah anybody with a bandage and some neosporin like that's the most medical care you've probably seen in uh months you know possibly, so, yeah, possibly a fucking decade and also like what's the moral distinction between bombing an ambulance and bombing a hospital like sure you want to get into the weeds about it i'm sure there's some whatever but it's disgusting either way yeah. so so up until this point israel has bombed like 27 different medical facilities including 11 ambulances and um their justification for doing that, Paul, you'll know the answer to this. What is Israel's justification for bombing a hospital or a school? What do they always say? It's Hamas is there, right? Well, and they're yeah. using and they're using the they're facility using as human shields, as human Stop. shields, right? So, so wait, isn't that what they said in what two thousand six when they drop white phosphorus on a school? For sure. But like, let's just take that at face value. Let's just take that at face value. Okay. If there are military outposts in hospitals, that makes those hospitals legitimate, all hospitals, legitimate military targets, right? According to Israel. I disagree, but according to Israel. If that's the case, and they were using Al-Shiva Hospital as a military headquarters decades ago, in my view and i'm just following israel's logic here that means any hospital in israel is now a legitimate military target for hamas to strike so just before we even get into them what they found in the hospital yeah you but should understand if hamas did that, that it like, would be obviously outright terrorist attacks that's te- that's terrorism dude you can't you can't bomb a hospital yeah, Can you, you imagine what you how crazy? disgusting that would be if Hamas bombed a hospital? Dude, are you raining Israel? down white phosphorus Bro. on our school? Gross. Bro, like, how you disgusting. Can't they can't do yeah. that. Only the white guys can do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. That's, that's really the distinction that's that's playing out. That just it reminds me of that good cartoon of uh uh, only I can do war crimes, and it's an American flag, and it says, "Oh, and maybe the kid too," and it's Israel. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We've um, gotten some good. Uh, we've gotten some good art out of this, and I love that. As much as memes have become a joke, and like this and that, it has become a good way. Like that's always been a thing. Cartoons and newspapers were political yep. a lot. Political cartoons, like. This is this is beautiful watching us actually be able to put more than one point of view out there in one picture because yeah. 
I've even showed Craig a few things that I have been sent uh, by just yeah. people uh, of what the other side is saying. <laughs> and it's like, if, if they're going to say those things that are clearly lies, but we can actually tell truth through one image, like yeah. that is amazing. And I love seeing that some of them have been hilarious <laughs> yeah like that one but like that gets the point across of like oh wait we're condemning all these war crimes but like they've been doing them for decades like, right so we should probably condemn that shit too right like yeah right it only makes sense only like, only fair like i'm all for condemning killing innocent israelis if they're innocent people and they get mm -hmm. killed of course Definitely. but I am for that only if we're going to condemn it when someone else does it, who's a different color to an Arab person. Like right. it and has to go at, both ways. Look at October 7th, right? How, so let's say, uh, I think the, um, the initial final total was 1400 innocent civilians. Now they've revised it because they're, it's down to like 1200. Cause apparently like whatever the details don't matter. Yeah. 1200. All the, all the other numbers on the Palestine side about low know, counts. Right? But Whoa, like, okay, weird. so, weird. so, um, <laughs> Israel's response to 1200 Israeli citizens, um, innocent civilians being killed is the only solution. The only answer is Hamas must be destroyed and dismantled. So let's use their logic again, like we did with them hiding under hospitals. If we use their logic again, let's go back to Operation Protective Edge. Let's go back to Operation uh, Cast Lead. How Ugh. many thousands of Palestinian, innocent, Palestinian civilians were killed in those conflicts, many of which, you know, were started, the ceasefires were broken by Israel. So it was like them launching the attack, just as Hamas launched the attack on October 7th. If, if we're being consistent, that means that the IDF must be dismantled and destroyed the same way, right? So look, I yep. am all for it. If you want, I'll co-sign right now with the most far-right Zionist person you can find. I will co-sign right on the dotted line. If they, if they say the destruction of, Dema, uh, of Hamas is uh, warranted and also the destruction of the IDF is warranted, co-sign. Let's wrap it up. Yep. Game over. Like, conflict over. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is just... It's wild to me how so many people just look past everything Israel has been doing yeah, or they even don't want to hear it. Like some, I know some people that you even want to try to tell them like, well, but what about when Israel did this? And they're like, Oh no, no, no. Like no, they don't even no. want to hear it. Yeah. And I think it's partly like, like we've been it's hearing in this, but like, <laughs> We've been hearing in this country for years and years now of people who are like, I'm just done with politics. Like, people just want to be done with having to go through all this shit we've been watching for the last 10 years. It's been wild. Like, yeah. we're watching shit that, like, I don't know. We had that gap for a while after World War II where everyone pretended like there wasn't conflict going on everywhere, yeah. even yeah. though there still was. But, like, the U.S. was brought up to feel like everything's chill now like yeah so we're watching all this shit go down from ukraine like we called it the end of history oh you my god that? yeah like after, did you see after the wall fell oh. we called it the end of history like that was it did you even see that too ukraine what's come out now about how like the 
the war could have ended or like ended right away. Oh, I, but, I knew about that. I've been arguing about that since but, the start because you, it was two months you, in, not even two months in. Boris Johnson went and fucking blew it up. Yeah, dude. Did, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I know because you're the one that told me. But, like, <laughs> I meant more so did you see it's coming out? Like, people oh, are no, talking about that right now. Thank God. It's, that's what I meant. Like, because, yeah, we knew about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's coming out right now. I think it was even the Washington Post or something. Like, it was, like, a one of those big ones in the U.S. even. Yeah. had something about it and i'm like hey well little like a year late but hey <laughs> well, you, i mean the funny thing to watch is like literally go look at uh ukraine coverage before october and after october and <laughs> if you if you don't see like <sighs> everyone's like right. wait what's ukraine <laughs> <laughs> right the the funniest part, the funniest thing I saw was an article uh, yesterday or the day before that was like, um, it was the um, some some envoy to Ukraine who was saying like, we won the offensive in spirit and in mind, like the counteroffensive spirit and in mind. Yeah, it is like okay, okay. they're. <laughs> <laughs> They're really trying to just like put a bow on the Ukraine conflict so we can move on to Middle East again. It's 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 sad. You got to read Noam Chomsky. You got to read Manufacturing Consent, and then you got to watch yeah. the media before October and after October. And if you're not completely black pilled after that, I don't know what to tell you. And then like <laughs> I don't know, at like a few years ago, just pretend like Noam Chomsky doesn't exist after that. Like, don't, yeah. don't look yeah. at anything more. Do not <laughs> read Noam Chomsky, any news article about Noam Chomsky after 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just, uh, pretend he, he died. It's like the Mandela yeah. effect. Pretend he died in jail like 10 my years ma- ago. I'm just going to be <laughs> outright with it. All right. I think my man's a pedo and this is the world's second uh, anti explicitly anti pedophile podcast, so we have to cast off Noam Chomsky. I'm sorry. Back to that fucking hospital, though. I know, <laughs> dude. The, so they in the video the hospital. in that video, though. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of said like, what they're walking, they're doing a walkthrough is pretty much all we said. If you haven't yeah. watched the video, and they're doing a so called raid <laughs> or siege. Of what this was hospital. your What was your 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 favorite part of the video? My favorite part for sure is that guns behind the MRI machine. Yeah. Hands down, because I noticed right away the bags that the guns were in were brand new, yep. crispy clean, but everything around it was all dusty because they had been bombed siege. Like yep. they bombed the fuck out of that place. So like how are did those bags have no dust on them unless they came in after the bombing? Right. And then it's also like I have family who has more guns than that in their home right now? Right, right. Like, like I, we uh, we live in a pre- say on the we live in this area that's pretty conservative. One of those bags is what I have, <laughs> right? <laughs> and there was maybe two bags. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it, it was it was insane that they were even saying that that was a lot. <laughs> but also, did you see the brand BBC bags. on the MRI? Did you watch that BBC piece? I'll send it to you later. No. And I'll, li- I'll link it. I'm going to have like, so much also, shit to link. Also, um, if anyone yeah. knows a single thing about an MRI machine, what does the M stand for? Right. Um, <laughs> magnet. You're Fucking, not going to hide 
uh, fucking live ammunition. They said there was grenades in there. You think they're gonna put live grenades next to next a to fucking MRI. MRI machine? Like, Are you? I insane? get that people like think of 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 Muslim people as like less than human, but they're not. But like, they're actually but, human, and they do like, have a brain. <laughs> come on, dude! Like if you're gonna make some shit up, at least fucking be better at the bbc it, video on the mri yeah. so here's the situation too with the the journalists like the journalists were only allowed in hours oh, after you mean, you mean the journalists that are still alive yeah the, <laughs> that the, they yeah killed yeah they, if you notice there's something very particular about all the journalists the 67 now 67 more than in world war ii journalists that israel has assassinated in this conflict they're all oh. a very specific color but um but, but but hamas is hiding behind them too I know, probably. They're um, in the hospitals and with the journalists. So the, the IDF allowed... the babies. <laughs> the, they're the, sewing them up into the babies. There's no, Hamas was, soldiers uh, sewn into the babies. I had a bit where, I, where it was like a, a, a Hamas soldier was like strapping himself with babies. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're yeah. like duct taping them around yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's a... Like he's strapping dynamite to himself instead of his babies. The BBC was allowed in and they actually, they they did some deep dive, which I was pretty impressed with because normally the BBC is just a complete schmata. But yeah, I agree. I love that you just said that. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll bust out my, my, my Yiddish here every once in a while. Um, But the, um, the, the BBC, they did some decent work on this. They looked at that hospital video and they saw the dude's watch in one of, in one of the um, MRI clips. And oh. then when they were allowed in, they realized, going back and looking at the footage, that they were allowed in the hospital hours after that video was taped, probably about three hours after, based on the dude's watch, right? And what they noticed when they walked over to the MRI machine, that they video their videotape of it, was that there was a completely different configuration of guns. There was a different setup that had been, oh, that had been put there. And so even the BBC was like, people are fucking idiots going on. Yeah. And they like reached out to the IDF for a response. And the IDF was like, Oh, well, we just like kept finding more. And it's like, if you found more, why would you be like, Oh, I found, I found this AK 47 in um, the soup can over here. Uh, and so I'm going to bring it to the M- can. I'm going to bring it to the MRI machine. Like that doesn't make sense. Their answers don't make sense because they're making Dude, it up, folks. I saw this baby in the ICU. Looked like he was fresh out of surgery. Yeah. Open those sutures back up. Found ammunition. Yes. Boom. <laughs> the, the reason I decided to to double check the baby had a green headband. So I'm sorry. What does that tell you? Yeah, legitimate military yeah. target. Yeah, that means he's not getting sucked off when he goes down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, uh, my favorite about, part though was the calendar. What's your, what's your? You read my mind. I was just about to say, as I very Jewishly, what's your? What's your? What, what's what, your how what do you? How do you feel? How do you feel about uh, like the calendar that's up there? The calendar. How do you feel the about the? How do you feel about the calendar, dude? This guy. Like, I, mean, I swear to God. Calendar, they got a calendar, though. This they, fucking guy. They got guy. the proof because there's a calendar. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a lucky position on this one, but this fucking guy walks over straight up in this video, walks over to a fucking calendar, written in Arabic, that literally just says like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and has 
that's it. It's a, it, like what, like what, whatever is it's, in your mind about a calendar. That's what was on the wall. Like right? a this calendar guy that you would find in a hospital. Like maybe like marking things down of maybe who's working or you know but something going on in that that's room. Even or the best part is there is not even any actual names on. It. But, but the guy's pointing at it and but, he's going like, "This is a, this is a calendar uh, that shows, um, it shows the names of the Hamas." <laughs> fighters that were here in the hospital that were guarding hostages no Jesus. it didn't say that it you look at the calendar that. it just it said says monday tuesday days. wednesday thursday it friday says the days. and in the in the blackout remember the big east coast blackout that happened yeah i was working in a hospital at the time i was in food service but a lot of people don't know this when you're, I didn't even know that about know. you. What but the when, fuck? when you're in Food a service when, in hospital, I know when you're in a hospital. Who are you? I know I'm 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 an international man of mystery. Um, when you're in a hospital and there's an emergency situation like a blackout or like uh, Zionists are bombing you, um, what 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 they do is they go <laughs> Two into like, equally scary things. Yeah, they go, they go into uh, emergency protocols. So I was I was in high school still, but I was working in. Um, Working in the hospital, food service, part time. It was like a high school high school gig, and because they went into emergency protocols, I was not allowed to leave the hospital. So I was stuck in the hospital um, for over twenty four hours. And one of the first things that they did when um, when that took place was they set up emergency shift schedules, and they hand wrote them. Because it was like maybe okay, on we, a whiteboard up on the wall. Yes, because it was like <laughs> possibly. It was like we need to keep track of like who's here, who's working. We're out of power. Like we need to know what's going on. And a hospital, it's very, very, very important that everything is documented as much as as humanly possible for yeah. safety and for like understanding and for like a look back retrospective on what happened during the emergency. So like that's the first thing that happened was okay. We're putting up the schedule yada 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 here's the days here's when it started all that and i was stuck in the hospital for over 24 hours so to me i see this calendar that started on october 7th it did Uh, i'll admit that fully that calendar that he pointed at the wall started on october 7th and i go okay and yeah october 7th was an emergency situation so we need to get like an emergency schedule set up like there's nothing there's nothing nefarious about a calendar on a wall I, like there's no way you can spin that to me it's so stupid like maybe maybe not anyone under like 35 these days but go to your parents house there's a calendar on the fucking wall go yeah. anywhere in the fucking world there's calendars uh, you'll see that my mother has a calendar on the wall which makes her a, a legitimate military target <laughs> bomb that yeah. bitch oh my god yeah it's um it's been tough to watch uh at times right now because it's uh the same thing we talk about all the time of going through the uh optimism and pessimism like you go back and forth because sometimes i i'm so like engaged in one view like all my media is coming from a certain perspective at this point goyim and then (laughs) absolutely (laughs) uh but like and then i have these times where i'm like like one day i texted you oh i should have grabbed the beanie 
I texted you like, oh, I'm going to just pop on Tim Pool today. <laughs> like, see what, <laughs> see what they're talking about. Yeah. And like, and then the pessimism comes because I see that and I know how many yeah. viewers he has. And I know people in my life who like are very not on the same side as I am. Like, yeah. So sometimes I'm like, okay, a lot of people are getting it. I see a lot of people at these rallies. Like, yeah. And a lot of people standing up. I see a lot of Jewish Americans Jewish voice up for peace. and saying not in our name. Yep. Like I get so optimistic. And the next day you hear something and you're like, motherfucker, like yep. Yep. what, what hope do we have? But uh, days like today, I like to have the optimism because as much as this country is going through it too, uh, we have our own issues. Think about it even when we were in middle school and high school. The fact that you and I can have this conversation yeah. and put it out and maybe spark interest from other people to start looking at the world in a different perspective or just investigating things on their own. Yep. Like that are those are the things I try to remind myself of of like it seems insignificant on the days that you're feeling down. But then on some days you realize, like, I at least I can do that. Like, yeah. it's something. Yep. And I can crack a few jokes. We can have fun. We can laugh at how ridiculous this all is. Because if you're like me right now, drives to work and back, like, whenever I'm on a break, I'm bringing in media on this conflict that's happening. Like, yep. so it's good to have the the release to laugh at it to have someone else who like realizes looking at that fucking calendar is insane <laughs> like, <laughs> insane. <laughs> like there's, but there's people that you might be surrounded with for days at a time that are like yeah did you see the calendar yeah. they're hiding behind babies like listen i'm and, gonna give you guys and, a pro tip this took me years this tough. took me years to figure out and if you're just like a budding a budding person who is just getting into leftism, this is going to save you years of, of bullshit. If you in your life see somebody talking about like how nefarious that calendar is or those tunnels are, don't debate them. Don't, don't no. try and don't try and talk to them about how yada, yada, yada is like, Oh, you know, like I just did with, with you guys that are listening and explaining how calendars fucking work. Cause Instead, they're in reactionary mock. mode. They're Mock in reactionary him. mode, so your conversation will go nowhere. Those people need to be mocked. And it's very simple. It's as simple as being like, oh, yeah, dude, um, your phone's got a calendar, so I guess I'm going to fucking blast you. Like, it's silly shit. Like, right? Like, just like make you need to, you in, in order to counteract this type of nonsense, you need to, you need to really expose it as completely fucking nonsense. And, there, and you can't get that by debating around it. You just got no, like, you, here's you something to show how ridiculous, so ridiculous it, is. it is. Yeah, exactly. And, you, and a big part of it is also like, especially like you said, if you're just butting into this, if you're, you're just starting, like you might not be at a point that you even should debate someone. No, because when they start getting angry and yelling because they're in reactionary mode, yeah. you need to have not only the information from the other side, but a way to present it to them that yes. makes them like the tactics. See how insane it is. Like, mm -hmm. and you have to have that ready. So when they say something, 
you have an actual rebuttal that makes them stop and think right instead of just get more mad because if and they some just people... keep yelling it's pointless like right you know so you have to point it out so ridiculously obvious like that like something yeah. of like like literally you might even have to say like oh okay so even if they killed babies that means now israel should be killing all these children in palestine like you might have to say it that blunt to them like either side it's dead fucking kids like yeah and you might have to put it that bluntly to them and if you're not ready to have the anything backing you it's not just don't engage it. it's not yeah. worth it to try because when they yell and get heated it'll just make you mad if you don't have the right answers yeah i i i tend to think i'm i'm pretty uh pretty um good at debate there are um people that are not and will never be and that's totally fine because everybody can just mock somebody <laughs> you know <laughs> it's a great equalizer just be like dude this yeah. is ridiculous Laugh this is so ridiculous that yeah. is so crazy because that might even make them stop and go, wait, they're la literally laughing at it. But probably 90% of the time they're going to be like, this motherfucker's laughing at me. Yeah. And it's but, not for them. Either, it's not for them. It's cares? like, it's for if you. It's one on one, then yeah. Yeah. It's for you. If it's, it's one on one, it can be for you. Or you can just like be like, you know, dude, I'm not going to engage. Right. But if you're in a group of people and you don't want to debate or you don't feel like you're comfortable debating, like the they see that the mocking works it's not for the person you're mocking it's for all the other people in the room that are like oh yeah like i got a calendar this guy this guy's an idiot you yeah. know like that's how you that's how you sway the room you know that's like as much as i wanna... baseball <laughs> we all know what has to happen like yeah we don't have a choice in this they're giving us two shitty options all the time like mm -hmm. eventually if we laugh at enough get people to think about it deeper we won't have to listen to fucking dumbass people like them. I mean, dude, you know how I mean, um, I just the amount of this. clips of Joe Biden talking about Israel when he was like, I guess only 140 instead of 180. Yeah, like, I don't know when he still had some dark hair. But like, <laughs> have you seen some of his rants about fucking Israel? No, oh, of course, not just the one where he says like, oh, if there was no Israel the u.s would have to create an israel to protect yeah, their interests which is uh, very telling which he did yeah. say that but he has plenty of them where yeah. he goes like in He's front of Congress, Zionist, like, yeah he goes as a senator up and he just like he looks like he's losing his shit. Like, he kind of looks like a mental patient. Because he's yeah. just like, do you guys see this? This is insane. What could be happening? Like, yeah. and he's like losing his mind. Like, do you guys even believe this? And I'm yeah. like, this does not look like a reasonable, rational man. No. Even in his so-called prime. He was fucking nuts. And all he's for always Israel. been nuts all for Israel. 100% yeah. for Israel. And he's... What he says now where people clipped it out of him saying, like, I'm you don't have to be Jewish to be uh, a Zionist or something along those lines. Yeah. And like, he's been saying that shit for years, <laughs> like years. He's been he has been over there sucking that come out <laughs> yes <laughs> for yes. fucking years a lot of people don't know this but the the idf come suck brigade actually was started by <laughs> joe biden <laughs> what else are you gonna call him dude yeah like let's the be CSB. real <laughs> the csb for short yeah the come suck the come brigade, suck brigade. <laughs> we need to make a hat our first our first merch dude, round a hat is that's merch for sure brigade. 
IDF cum suckers. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, dude. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh my God. I I actually believe that George W. Bush yes. flew every one of those motherfuckers yes. over that fence in yes. Palestine. Yes. He was inside all of them. Yes. <laughs> I, he personally in, flew. In H1. this house, in this house, we believe <laughs> in science, in liberalism, and we believe that Joe Biden personally sucks the cum out of every single IDF soldier. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of shit lately. A lot of horrible shit, honestly. Hey, hey, mm. All the real niggas want Palestine free. Come and sit down, please just listen to me. Ain't never visited, but I'ma tell you about all of the crazy shit that I just seen. Water so dirty, ain't none of it clean. I seen the crying and dying and houses bound down. Plenty children lay dead in the street. How can you look past the atrocities? Saying you don't know the issue just isn't enough. Look at up, that excuse obsolete. The youth and the elderly both is at risk. And for the rights they ask, getting shot or just beat. America first, all that shit is just vanity. Just an excuse to ignore the insanity. Fuck all the people supporting calamity. Fuck is real. Fuck all news. Fuck Sean Hannity. Who is the man to see? We need to stop it. If you ain't know, we spend billions to fund it. Using your taxes, it's straight out your wallet. Peace in the Middle East, but you all shunned it. I know it take more than a day, it take more than a week, it take more than a song, but I still gotta speak. It been plenty of people whose stories I seen about they babies lay dead at their feet. Shit made me sick to my stomach, and we sent support for a profit. I pray that an end to it coming, and hope it don't come from a rocket. Cause Israel holding these innocent people hostage And someone gotta say they should stop it Plenty of people speak out Let these people refound their home ground But what we do is shocking All I can do is donate and try to bring attention It's one more thing gotta say I'ma mention All of the propaganda and the media around the globe They use the news as a weapon So don't be a sheep Please take a stand Cause it won't stop till the people demand That it shit ain't cause you can't make a mess Till you give all the people back all of the land That ain't the solution but genocide ain't I don't give a fuck if it add to your bank It's money that corrupt the people at top Then they feeding you lies so they life staying great And you believe in all the shit that they say So the shape of the country is staying the same If you complaining about the state of your life Look outside cause around we just add to the pain Free Palestine, bitch. I love you, Robbie. My baby cook it up.